Turn with me to the book of Revelation, Revelation chapter number 3, Revelation chapter number 3, we'll go to verse number 20, Revelation chapter 3, just the last part of this chapter here, and uh, Revelation chapter 3, verses 20, 21, and 22, and uh, what we did this morning, we, we read it all in unison with four verses, we'll do it with three verses this, mor- this evening here, and uh, we'll read verses 20, 21, and 22 in unison now, are you ready? Behold, I stand at the door and knock, if any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him, and will sup with him, and he with me. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame, and am set down with my Father in his throne. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Notice again verse number 20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. But this, that's important, but notice the next, If any man hear my voice. But he's got to do something, doesn't he? Open the door and look at the promise. I will come to him. We'll sup with him and he with me. The title of my message is this. We're talking about him knocking, but the title of my message is this. Are you knocking? Are you knocking? Let's ask the Lord to bless. Father, thank you again for the time that we have this evening. We've been blessed by the fellowship that we have coming together as God's people to a local church. And we just thank you for how you have provided this place for us. And what a blessing it is to be able to hear the congregational singing and then the, the children's choir singing. And, and uh, Lord, when we, we think about this old world, it sure gives us, uh, Lord, uh, uh, just a, a, a sweet freshness when we look at young lives that are, are serving you, uh, even at a young age. And, Lord, our, our prayer is that they just would grow up and keep serving you. And, Lord, we just thank you for, for that. And, Lord, tonight as we've come to the preaching time, I'm glad that we can come here, bring our Bibles with us, open it up and preach from it and read from it and learn from it. Teach us now tonight. Help us to be people that will listen and apply these things in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. One really frustrating thing that happens sometimes is when we're out soul winning. And what's so frustrating about it is this, that sometimes you go to a house and uh, nobody answers the door. Now, I understand if nobody's home, it ain't going to happen. But oftentimes you go to a house, and, and I know we even said this yesterday, we were there, and you, you go to a house and there's like three or four cars on the driveway. And uh, I understand somebody could get in the one car and go away, but I'm thinking, there's got to be somebody here. You knock and you knock and you knock, you know, and I always, I always, I remember one time a missionary came and he said, you knock on the door, he said, we knock three times, and uh, three times, one for the Father, one for the Son, one for the Holy Ghost, and I've just kind of made that a part of when I go so wanting to knock three times. I'll admit this, though, sometimes I lose count while I'm doing it. The older I get, the more I lose my count, but uh, I'll make sure sometimes maybe more than that. But I'll knock, and, and I, I, I don't like to knock real loud and scare people when I first come up to the door. Uh, I mean, let's face it, all of a sudden you hear a bang at the door, it, you, you jump and then scare folks. And I don't want them to come to the door upset, and so I knock pretty, pretty lightly enough where they can hear it. And then, and then if they don't come, I knock again, and then I knock again, and uh, then I put, a, I put a track in the door. But 
here's what happens sometimes. You go to the house and the television's on. And I understand some people leave their televisions on for their animals. And, uh, okay, and uh, if you do that, that's fine. Uh, I, I could give you a phone number of a psychiatrist. You can check it out. But, uh, uh, no, some people leave their, 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 their TVs on for their animals. To, and they keep some company, I guess. I don't know. And, uh, but uh, uh, the TV's on. And you knock, and the dogs are barking. And then you look, and the kid run across the floor in front of the door there. And you see people in the back of the house standing there talking away. And you knock, and... You just knock those couple times, and that's when I'll oftentimes I'll knock more than three times even because I'm thinking, you know what, I know they're there. And I knock and knock, and then they don't come to the door. And I walk away, it's so frustrating. Last Yesterday, we, we had several like that. And I know we made the same, it says, you know, it can't, everybody can't be gone this morning. And in fact, I know they weren't because I saw a couple places where we had knocked on the door, and then we went on down the block, and about three, four houses down, I look back down, and I see them peek their head out the door looking like who was there. And they find the track there, and so I know they were there, but they didn't come to the door. And then one house knocked the door, and, and uh, just as I'm coming up on the porch, and they had, a, they had a window in the door about this big. It wasn't like I was peeking a little one. And they had a big window there, and I, I walked up, and, and, and there was a lady walked right across in front of it. And I didn't want to bang real hard because, again, I didn't want to startle her. And I, I knocked, and I know she had to hear me. She disappeared over in the corner, TV on. And then all of a sudden I looked, and here I could see right through the house, and a man walks in the back door. And I thought, well, he didn't hear me knock, so I'll wait and let him walk in. And I, he looked up at me, and I went like this. I don't know if that scared him. Maybe when I did that, my muscles showed. I'm not sure. But I, I waved at him, and, and uh, he, he just he looked, and then he walked to the side and disappeared. And I thought, well, maybe he didn't see me. I knocked again, knocked again, and nobody came to the door. I know someone was there. I wanted to open the door and say, I know you're here. But I didn't do that. Don't want to get shot, amen, and, uh, or, or have a dog, get uh, someone sick a dog on me. But I have to say this, that uh, it's frustrating when you knock on a door and nobody answers when you know they're there. Again, I understand if nobody's home, but a lot of times people just don't want to answer their door. I, and I know we live in a time when people are afraid. And uh, you don't know who we are, and that's why we don't go at night anymore. We, we go you know, try to do it in the daylight so they could see us. Maybe, it, maybe we're so ugly it scares them. Maybe we need to go in the dark if you're ugly. We'll have ugly soul winning on Tuesday nights, and on Saturday morning we'll have handsome people go. But uh, uh, I'd have to go Tuesday night. And, uh, but, uh, you know, it, it's, it's, I, I don't understand. And I guess maybe sometimes people are just so busy. Got things going on. They don't want to be bothered by someone. They don't know who it is. And, you know, we're getting close to election time. Maybe they think there was somebody trying to get them to vote for somebody. And uh, I, I'm not sure. But, uh, uh, you know, it's frustrating when they don't answer the door. I began to think, I wonder if God gets frustrated with us. Because you know what he does? He knocks. And, he, and when he knocks, it means this. He, I want you to answer the door. God doesn't bust the door down on us, does he? And the Bible said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. Is God mighty enough to break down the door? Yes, he is. Is he mighty enough to open that door right up? Yes, he is. But he stands at the door and knocks and wants us to answer. He wants us to pay attention to that. He said, if any man hear my voice and open the door. 
Again, I believe God has the power to be able to open that door, but God said, hey, listen, I am knocking at the door. Now I want you to open the door to me. I want you to hear that I'm here, and, I, and, and, and God wants to come in, in into our lives. And I, I thought, you know, I wonder how frustrated he must get when people don't answer the door. And I know this talks about salvation, but not only salvation, I believe he's talking about we as God's children. Can you imagine how it would be, you know, someone comes to your door, I can almost understand that they come to your door and, they don't, and, and, and you don't know who they are, and you're like, man, I'm a little bit hesitant about opening the door. But when your child comes to the house, you want to open the door. In fact, the matter is, most of them don't need to knock. What do they do? They come to the door, and, and if they do, sometimes my kids come and they just knock on the door. I guess they don't want to get shot. And uh, so they knock on the door, and, and we'll yell, come on in. And you know what they do? They come right in. And I think, you know, that's the way the Lord wants it too. When he says, when I knock, I want you to open the door and let me come in. But could you imagine if you went to your parents' house and you knocked on the door and they didn't open the door for you? That would hurt, wouldn't it? Well, that'd be terrible. So why don't they, don't they care? And yet our Heavenly Father knocks at the door of our hearts oftentimes. We act like the folks on Soul Winning Night that don't answer the door. You say, preacher, what's the problem? Well, I think sometimes maybe the problem is we're so busy. But sometimes the problem is this, we just don't want to answer. You see, the reason God knocks on that door, he wants us to open it unto him, and he wants this. He wants us to make him first in our lives. God's not satisfied with being second in our lives. He's not satisfied with third or fourth or any other number other than first place. That's what God wants in our life. And I thought, you know, he, he doesn't want to, uh, doesn't want to have, have uh, uh, and this is what happens oftentimes that we give God our leftovers. God says, listen, I don't want your leftovers. I want you to give your best. That's what excites me about the kids singing tonight. This is some of the best years of their life, really. They're young. I mean, they don't have cares. They got parents. Amen. I mean, they really don't have cares. They, 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 everything's taken care of for them. I mean, I mean the mortgage is paid. The rent's paid. The food is paid for. The clothes are paid for. And you guys have got it made. But I'm so proud of them serving God in these good years. And then it'll get a little bit more difficult. You'll think you're smart, but we'll know you're not because you'll become a teenager. But how blessed they are to have folks that love them and care about them. But here's the thing. God wants them to make him first in their life, too. And I watch these kids up there singing about Jesus and how blessed we are to hear that. I want them, when they get teenagers, sing about Jesus. I don't know if I'll be around when they're adults. I hope I am. But I want to hear them as adults get up and sing about Jesus too. I want them to still serve the Lord. But God wants to have first in our life, and that means more that he wants, us, wants to be first in our life. That means before ourself. That means before our own families. I mean, thank the Lord for our family. And sometimes we say, this, well, my family is number one. Then you have things out of order. 
You say, well, you're supposed to love your family. Of course you love your family. You'll never love your family like you should unless you love Jesus the most. How can you love without having the one who is love? Jesus is to be before ourselves, before our family, before our job, before our hobbies, before anything else. The Lord is to be first in our life. And he knocks at the door. The Bible says in Matthew 22 and verse number 37 and 38, I won't have you turn to it, just listen. Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. And then verse 38 says this, This is the first and great commandment. It's a command of God. God said this. He said, listen, this is what I'm commanding you to do. Now, you say, well, I don't think you ought to command us. God knows us, and God says, I'm commanding you to do this. When God commands us, and if we love him, remember, in our Sunday school class, if we love him, we will obey his commands. Obedience to the commands of God is, is, a, is proof of our love for God. And so God says, I want you, and my first commandment is this, the first and great commandment is this, to love Love me with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And I thought, you know, there's nothing that is more important than God in your life. You see, here's the problem. When, when, when we don't place God first in our life, we cannot, or I guess maybe we could say this, we will not hear his knock. Talked a little bit about it, the sheep this morning. Did you notice when you went out? Did you notice the sheep over there? They were kind of laying around. And uh, then I came in this evening, they were out there just to their heads down and eating stuff. And, and uh, like I said, this morning when I went out, look, they were, they were laying down, they're just chewing their cud. And uh, uh, we, we talked about, you know, how we're the sheep of his pasture. And his sheep hear his voice. They know his voice, they hear his voice. But you know what? We need to hear God knocking in our lives. I'm glad for the day I got saved. Aren't you glad for that day you got saved too? That day you put your faith and trust in Christ. You know what he was doing? He was knocking on your heart's door. Somebody was preaching a message maybe. Or maybe you're reading the word of God. And while you're reading the word of God, God begins to knock at your heart's door. Or maybe it was a preacher. I know in my life it was Paul Levine. And how he was preaching there. And I remember that night thundering out about how you need to be saved. If you die without Christ, you go to hell. And I knew that. I knew that all the time. But I, it was just God was just knocking so loud at my heart's door. I look back at that day, August 11th, 1971, and I thank God so much that I, I, when he was knocking, I heard and I answered the door. And he made that promise to me in the book of Revelation. He promised that if I'll open the door, he'll come and sup with me. But when we don't place God first in our life, we oftentimes don't hear him knocking. You know what's sad about us as even Christians sometimes? We live our life mostly for that or th- that that is temporary not eternal i mean we don't see the eternal effects of things we must understand the eternality of of our life of what we do we have eternal life thank the lord but what we do on this earth has something consider something for us to consider about eternity we teach our children about jesus that's teaching them about eternity Get their hearts prepared for the day when they accept Jesus as their Savior. I think of the little ones. They come out, even in the nursery, the little nursery kids, they understand about Jesus. Now watch when they go into the junior church there and they sing about Jesus and they talk about him and they, 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 they color pictures and, and down there all about this. What? Pointing them to the Lord Jesus Christ. 
But much of our life that we live is not for the eternal, but for the temporary. We pray for our kids, oh Lord, help them grow up and get a great job and make lots of money. Maybe we ought to be praying, Lord, may our kids grow up serving you and may as they grow up serve you when they're adults too. You see, troubles, and, and sometimes that's what the problem is. The troubles come in our life and we don't see the eternity. You understand this? Troubles and even the pleasures of life are only temporary. Only temporary. The troubles we have, sometimes it doesn't it seem like it, it never ends. And it seems like it never will end. But it's only temporary. You say, preacher, well, what if I have this for the rest of my life? It's only temporary. For you see, when we die, we go to heaven. We don't take our disease with us. We don't take our handicaps with us. We don't take all those vile things that happen to our bodies. We don't take it with us. It's only temporary. We need to understand our life as we live it, to live it thinking about this with eternity in view. What we can mean for eternity about reaching folks for Christ, does that mean something for eternity? When a person gets saved, how long are they saved? Forever, that's eternity. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 4, 17, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding eternal weight of glory. Again, I think sometimes we're more concerned about the troubles that we have and the pleasures that we have that we forget to see that what God has for us and what God wants for us in our life, we need to look and see eternity. There's nothing more important than God in our life, we said. Here's what happens to us. Troubles come in our life. And you know, you know what happens so many times? It just, it just burdens me so bad. We run from God. When the most burdensome thing happens in your life, you don't run from God. But I've seen it happen so many times where people all of a sudden, they go through some tragedy, and then all of a sudden, you know, why is God, does God, and I said this morning, was God have, what's God have against me? Does God hate me? We know this, God loves us. We need to get to the place of understanding that, that, that these troubles do come, come in our life, but what they ought to do is cause us to run to him. Not away from him. The troubles come and we run from, from, from him even, even that, like that. And then sometimes even when the pleasures come, they take precedent over the things of God. You know, it's not wrong to have pleasures. It's wrong to let God not be first in our life. You know, thank the Lord for things we can do. Amen. Yeah, thank God for the wonderful times we can have. But uh, you know what? We can't put those things in front of God either. We're just oftentimes not concerned about the eternal. I read a statement. I hate to even tell you who said it. But his name was Tom Landry. Was it Tom Landry? Coach of the... Quit cussing in church, please. The Dallas Cowboys. Some of the kids are right going saying, who cussed? Uh, no, it was the Dallas Cowboys coach years ago. And you know he said this? He, I, I jotted down his, his statement. He, he gave a statement to someone. And he, they asked him this. What is the reason for your success? Listen to what he said. He said, I determined my priorities for my life would be God, family, and then football. 
I thought it was really great. I'm not sure if he really meant it because every Sunday he was playing football. And I still remember in Hebrews chapter 10, isn't it? It says that we're not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together as a man of some is. So maybe he got a little bit off on that. But I like the statement he made. He was saying this, God's most important. He made all this money in the football business. But he was saying God was most important. Let me tell you something. God's more important than the the little bit of money we make. God's more important than all the, all, the, all the pleasures and all the fun that we can have. God's more important. I don't understand, you know, again, you know, in, in sports and that. I, I just don't understand these folks and even and, and, and movie stars. They talk about, you know, giving God glory and just love my Jesus. I'm like, then why don't you put him first in your life? If you put him first in your life, you wouldn't be making the Hollywood movies. If you put him first in your life, you'd be in church on Sunday. Amen. We need to have our priorities right in life. And our priority ought to be that God is first in our life. There's nothing more important than God in our life. So number one, there's nothing more important than God in our life. Number two is this, that God hears our knock. I'm glad he does. And I've, I've knocked on doors before and someone walk around and, and, and you know what? After I keep knocking, finally they go, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't hear you knocking. They walk by and they see someone in the door and they're like, oh. And, uh, and they come to the door and said, I'm sorry. I said, well, I'm sorry. We were, we were knocking. Maybe I knocked too loud. And go, no, I didn't hear any knocking. Sometimes we don't hear it. But here's the thing about it, that God hears our knocking. Look, at, look, at, look with me to the book of Luke, chapter number 11, all right? It may take you a bit to get to it. You can just listen. I'm going to read it to you here. Luke chapter 11, verses 9 and 10. Luke 11, 9 and 10. The Bible says, And I say unto you, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone, does that exclude any of us tonight? For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh, what's going to happen? Shall be opened. It shall be opened. Now, (coughs) you think about this. God hears our knock. He, he hears, uh, our, our, uh, you know, and, and this is what I've said about, God's knocking at our heart's door, but then we know that God hears us when we knock. And that's what he was talking about there in, in Luke chapter number 11, that God hears when we knock. What a wonderful thing it is that God does hear us. You know, I, I know sometimes we may think that God doesn't hear, but you know God does hear. He's not hard of hearing. He doesn't need a hearing aid. He knows what we're saying. He knows what's on our hearts. God knows. Here's the thing. We think God ought to see things as we see things. But God sees things perfectly. Perfectly. We probably all said this from time to time. I've been asking God, but he is not answering. You may not want to admit it, but that's sometimes the way we feel. So I've been praying and praying, and God hasn't answered. Well, I don't know about that. Because according to my Bible, it tells me this, if I knock, he answers. If I call to him, he answers me. So either I'm wrong or the Bible's wrong. I'd have to say the Bible's right, and I'm wrong. So when I say, well, I've been praying, but God's not answering, I I, I don't think that that is true because I believe the Bible is true that, that he hears and he answers when we knock. 
You say, well, why, why was it seen that? And may I say this too? <coughs> God is not asleep that he didn't hear you. You know, I've had houses before. I knocked, and, and finally we start walking away. The door opens, and a guy comes. His hair's all sticking up in the air, and he looks at you, you know, and says, oh, I'm sorry. I was sleeping. I, I didn't know what was going on. You know, sometimes people sleep, and you go to the door, and they don't answer. But you know what? There's never a time when we knock and say, God, I need something. God is always awake and listening. I give you scripture for it. Psalm 121 tells us about it. Psalm 121, verse 3 says, He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. I'm glad he doesn't sleep on us. Amen. You know, hey, fellas, you ever been woke up in the middle of the night by your wife going, did you hear that? Huh? And what's your answer? No. I didn't hear it. And then she goes, why didn't you hear that? I was sleeping. But you know, God hears everything. Doesn't he? God knows. And God, when we pray to God, God hears our prayers. You believe that? You, know, you really believe it when we pray that God hears our prayer? You say, well, I believe that with all my heart. Yes, it, he does. He answers our prayer. And it goes on in verse 4 of Psalm 121. It says, Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. So nothing catches God off, uh, 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 off on this here because why? He doesn't sleep. He doesn't slumber. God knows what's going on. You're sometimes not even sleeping, but you get tired. And all of a sudden, someone's talking to you, and it sounds like this. <laughs> And you got enough sense to go, really? <laughs> Poor folks listening to this on sermon audio thinking something's going wrong. Amen. But you know, it just, well, have you ever had that before? I would ask the fellows when your wife's talking, does it seem like that sometimes? But I'm afraid we'd call some fights tonight. But, uh, but you, know, you know, sometimes we, 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 we need to understand that God is not asleep. And, 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 and the fact of the matter is we don't have to storm the gates of heaven and knock down the doors to get his attention. God already has attention on us. Isn't that great? We don't have to go, God, it's me, Mark Biner. 1928 Potter Creek Road, New Enterprise, yes, 16664. You think I have to do that? That's all I have to do is say, God, it's me. And he goes, hi, Mark. No, he's not talking about insurance either. Hi, Mark. All right. I figure with all those old people, we would be thinking insurance. But you know what? God knows our name. Amen. He knows our name. I mean, sometimes I can't remember names. You know what? God remembers our name all the time. Well, what a feat that is, huh? So God says, you know, even when you fail me, he says, I want to answer your prayer. Now, I know that our sin can hamper our prayers from being answered, but God, that doesn't take away the fact that God wants to answer our prayer. God's saying, get these things right, I'll answer this. He wants to. It's his desire. The Bible says in Isaiah 65, verse 24, and it shall come to pass that before they call, listen to this, I will answer. Before they call, I will answer. He said, and while they yet are speaking, I will hear. You know, as we pray to God, God already knows what we're praying about. He said, well, then why do we pray? Because God said pray. In fact, he said pray without ceasing, didn't he? God says, I know exactly what you're praying about. You know, you really don't have to explain everything to him. He knows all the circumstances. He says, 
I come to you and I knock and I want you to answer and I want you to trust me. But you can come to me and you can knock and I will answer you too. You know, God wants a close and personal relationship with us. I think maybe we can put it this way. God wants to be your best friend. He ought to be our best friend. Boys and girls, Jesus ought to be your best friend. We sing this song, what a friend we have in Jesus. Well, I hope it's more than just a song, but that is true that he's our friend. Fellas, your best friend ought to be the Lord Jesus Christ. Ladies, your best friend ought to be the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, I know we sometimes we say this, and I think it ought to be. You say, well, you know, my husband's my best friend, or my wife's my best friend. That's a wonderful thing, but your best, best friend is Jesus. He wants a close personal relationship with us. In fact, he's so much willing to be a friend. It said in Matthew eleven nineteen. they accused him of this. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, behold, a man gluttonous. That wasn't true. They said he was a wine-bibber. That was not true. And then they said this, a friend of publicans and sinners. And that was true. I'm glad he's willing to be a friend to each and every one of us tonight. There's not a one of us in here to say, well, you know, the Lord's not concerned about me. He is. So much so that he knocked for you to get saved. And he says, you come to me about anything you have. You knock and I'm there. I, in fact, I'm going to know what you're going to say before you say it. What a great God we have. I know there's those who say today, well, God does not answer prayers. I say this, maybe you're just not getting the message. You know, God does answer prayers. Do you know a lot of the prayers that the answers to our prayers are already written in the Word of God? I know that when someone calls upon Christ and asks Him to save them, I know He answers that prayer because He said so. It's already written. He said that he would supply all our needs. It's already written there. I know that God answers our prayer. What we need is some faith. You say, man, you know, God doesn't answer my prayers. Oh, yes, he does. Oh, yes, he does. Maybe if we'd quit complaining, thinking God doesn't answer our prayers, and quit being so busy with everything else, we might understand that God does answer prayers. And just maybe this, sometimes God answers the prayer by this word, no. You've been told no before. Remember as a kid? Can I go out? No, it's 40 degrees below zero. You're not going out. Right. Uh, can I do that? No. You know, no, no, no it's hard for us to, to accept sometimes. But I know this, that God knows what's best. God's going to tell me no of something I ought not do. Or you can pray about it if you want to. I hear people say, well, you know, I prayed about this, and this is what I'm going to do. I prayed about it. All right, what, what's the answer? What's the answer? You say, well, I'm not sure. You better find the answer before you just go and think you know what the answer is. And the fact of the matter is, most things, again, already it is written. You know, someone wants to marry a lost person. I've heard people say this before. Well, you know, I really prayed about it. I believe God wants me to marry this lost person. No, when you prayed about it, God said no. You said, well, I didn't hear it. Well, you're too busy. You weren't listening. And number two is this, that God already spoke about that where we're not to be unequally yoked. It's already written. God's already said no. And sometimes he says that. But our problem is we don't like to take no for an answer. But sometimes that is the answer. And we've got to realize that no is not meaning a punishment. No is for our good. 
kids want to, you know, can, can, I, can I eat all this candy? And you go, no. Why? Because you know they're going to get sick and throw it up. And you know what, really, if, if, they, if you let them do it and they get sick and they start throwing it up, they're not happy. I don't know a kid that likes to throw up. Right? Right, Noah? Yeah, no, okay. he's looking at me like, I don't know, it's pretty cool. <laughs> no, it's not, he said. <laughs> no, I don't think so. But you, but you don't know, sometimes, sometimes we don't like it, but it's best for us. I think about mom and dad many times would say no about certain things that us boys we could do. And I, I mean, we didn't understand it then, but I look back and I think, I'm glad the Lord says no. I, I think I mentioned this this morning when, when we were knocking on some doors and there was houses we had. And I said, you know, we, we, we asked God, we looked at this house and we prayed, God, is this the house we have? And, I, and God said no. And I look back and I think, here we, we were right there on, uh, what, what street is that? Uh, Market? Allegheny Street. And we're standing there, and the cars and the trucks are going by. There's so much traffic on Saturday. I mean, it just about, about, I mean, Dave's wig blew off three times while we're out there walking up and down the street. I mean, the cars go by. You knock on a front door. You could hardly hear anybody. If they did answer the door, it was so loud. And, and, and now all the noise I have is a cow mooing or birds chirping or a horse and buggy going down the road. I'll take that over cars flying by any day. You know, I, th- I told Dave, I said, I'm glad God says no sometimes. God knows what's best. And so when I knock, God's answers sometimes is not what I want. But God answers according to what I need. And sometimes he says no. You've heard me tell the story about property for our building. Man, I just, I had it in my head. We found that piece of property, went to that man over there in, in the catfish area there, and I and, and we went to him, and he wasn't even going to think about selling the property. And we said, hey, you know, we're starting a church, and we've started a church here. We need some property for a building. And wonder if you'd sell this piece of property. He goes, well, I haven't really thought about it, but, yeah, I guess I would. I'm like, man, this has got to be an answer, yes. And so we talked to him, and he said, yeah, I'll sell it to you. we got $1,000 put down on it, you know. And then we went to the bank, and they said, well, you've got to have it perk test. And they went and perk test, and it failed. He said, you can't build anything on this property. And I'm like, that's not fair. I believe God wants us to have it. But God said, no. Remember the story? The next year, in the springtime, we drove by, and it was all underwater. I'm glad God said no. And plus, that was going to be a lot of money, and we have this property here. You know how much this property costs us? The ground? Zero. I think God knows what he's doing. Yeah. Just sometimes we've got to be patient. I said, God, this would be great. I mean, it's right there along the highway. God said, no, no. And I'll be honest with you, I was very disappointed when that came back and they said, you can't build here. And I thought, there's got to be some way we can do it. Could we maybe do it during the night when no one knows and there it is in the morning? But we couldn't do it. And I'll be honest with you, I was down. When I look back, I'm glad he said no. I'm glad he said no. Because I know this. He's always right. He's always right. And he knows what's best. And as I mentioned in Luke eleven ten, he said, For everyone that asketh receiveth. You know, I thought, you know, I'm glad that that happens for all of us. That when we ask, we receive. We receive the answer, either yes, no, and sometimes it's later. But God always knows what's best. I just know this. Every answer from God is the right answer. 
Amen. Every answer from God is the right answer. I remember reading a story about a man that was lost in the deep woods. And he got out, and some people were there to interview him, and they asked him, they said, uh, could you explain to us, describe the experience and about how frightened you were? And he says, man, I was so frightened. I was scared. I didn't know how I was going to get out. I thought, maybe I was just going to die here. And he said, well, what did you do? He said, well, the first thing I did, I bowed my head and I prayed. And I prayed, dear God, would you please get me out of here? Would you please help me to find my way out of here? And he prayed for deliverance, and someone, someone spoke up that was interviewing him and said this, well, did God answer your prayer? And the man said, no. He said, all of a sudden, a man was walking down, a guide from the, the park service was walking down, and he found us, and he took us out and brought us out before God could even answer our prayer. God answered his prayer. Understand that, huh? Isn't that the way we are sometimes? Well, you know what? I prayed, but before, before God answered the prayer, I took care of it myself. Uh, God said, here, let, let me give you a little bit of wisdom what to do. What a great God we have tonight. Sometimes we just don't see the answer. So today, this evening, God's knocking at our door. I wonder this morning, this evening, if, if he's knocking at your door, number one, to be saved. He's a preacher, I, you know, I, I, I've been in church all my life. Is he knocking at your door to be saved? You know what you ought to do? Open the door. Answer the door. I wonder maybe this evening that he's saying, he's knocking at your door and, and, and saying to you, come to me, ye that are weary. And he says this, I, I'll meet you every need. He's knocking at the door saying, hey, I, 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 I've got the answer for you. Will you answer the door? Will you answer the door? Maybe this evening he's saying, I'm knocking at the door and I want you to answer the door because I want to talk with you. You know, God wants to talk with us, doesn't he? We're too busy talking all the time. We've got our cell phones now. We're always talking on that and, and texting on that. You know, when it be, when, you know, I think there's times where we'll just set it down and talk to God. You'll get more out of it. And by the way, you don't have to go to Facebook to get to them. He wants to speak to us. Maybe he's knocking on your heart's door this evening to say this. I want to be first in your life. I want to be first in your life. Maybe this evening you're here and he says, he's knocking at your heart door and says, I want you to get baptized. You know, the first thing you want to do after you get saved is get baptized. He knocks. What do you want, Lord? Why don't you get baptized? Maybe it's, you know, you need a church home. Maybe you need to be a witness. God's knocking at your heart door. Maybe he's saying, you know what? You're supposed to tithe. Sometimes people, they don't like when preachers bring up tithing. But you know, preachers didn't bring it up. God brought it up. God said, why are you robbing me of your tithes and offerings? We expect God to bless us when we rob him. Yeah, I'm not trying. That's not for me. I'm talking about what God says. God knocks at our heart's door. He says, I want you to be faithful. He knocks at your heart's door. We say, well, Lord, you don't understand, you know, I've got this thing going on, my job and my playtime and my sports and everything else and my family and my home. God said, hey, I want you to be, I want you to make me first in your life. 
You know how much better it would be if we would just start out by having the Lord first in our life? You know, these precious kids here tonight, they learn now that Jesus would be first in their life. You know, it would be great. They keep that attitude all their life. Amen. Maybe he's knocking at your heart's door and says, I want you to be saved. You know, I think it's a good idea to pay attention when he knocks. Pay attention to when he knocks. And all you have to do is open the door and an- or answer and, he- and-, and he'll come in when he knocks at our heart's door. But let's not forget this tonight before we go home. He wants us to knock too. He says, come to me. Knock and I will answer you. I'm glad that he does. He's better than any psychiatrist you could ever go to. Better than any counselor you could ever find. The Lord. He says, I want you to knock too. So thank the Lord tonight. We that are saved could say, I opened the door. I, I answered the door. I, 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 and, 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 I, and I opened up and he came unto me and he saved my soul. But he says, hey, listen, I want to keep, I'm going to keep knocking. And I'm going to try to get your attention about some things. And then he said, I want you to knock. And ask me too. What a privilege it is to come to Jesus about anything. Make him first in your life. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you again for this time this evening. Lord, we, I pray that made the message plain and simple enough for every one of us to understand it. Lord, I pray that this evening we be a people that would make you first in our life. I know as we get older, more uh, responsibilities come in our life. But I don't, I, don't, I don't find where when responsibilities come that they are to be first. You're to be first. God, help us make our decisions when we are having you first in our life. For Father, if we don't, we're going to find out you're going to be way down on our list. So, Father, I pray you speak to our hearts tonight. And again, if somebody's not saved, that you'd save them tonight. You know, I pray if somebody needs to get baptized or join the church or whatever it would be, God, that you would speak to hearts tonight, that your will be done. May we answer as you knock. And, Lord, may we not be afraid to come to you and knock and ask, for we know we can receive. Bless what's been said here this evening with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. Let's stand together. And if God's speaking to your heart tonight, there's a play, song is played, you come. The altar's open. You do what God says this evening.